0: Clayman Media. You're listening to the We Bear Witness Podcast, where we discuss theological truths and cultural influences. Follow us on Spotify or wherever podcasts are streaming. Thank you
1: for listening and enjoy the show.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the We Bear Witness podcast. You are in for a special treat today. We have uh, with us the co-host of the Haunted Cosmos podcast. Uh, Ben Garrett is here with us. He hosts with Brian Sovey. They are located in uh, Utah at Refuge Church. Ben is actually a deacon at Refuge, and he is on staff with New Christendom Press and uh, one of his main things he does there is he co-hosts this Haunted Cosmos podcast. So Ben, welcome! Thank you for being here, bro. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you so. We much. have we have wanted to do this for a while. We've been trying to make this work. We yeah. live uh, incredibly busy lives, and um, I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen. But this had this all came about um, from family members who were just obsessed over your. Haunted Cosmos podcast. And so we're going to be kind of launching in today, not only just about the podcast and how it came to be, but uh, just some really kind of uh, relevant questions to the subject matter of the podcast when it comes to why you tackled this stuff and uh, why Christians seem to be just grabbing onto it. For those of you who may not be following the podcast, one, stop what you're doing, go subscribe to their YouTube channel, find them on Spotify, Apple Music, and, and make it a part of your a week or month, however often they re- release them, I have it on good authority they don't release them o- often enough. But it will really be something you'll enjoy uh, if this is your world. Now, I will say in full disclosure, I've known people that have also had to turn off your episodes for a little while because they got yep. so freaked out. And we'll and yep. we'll get to that a little bit, <laughs> a little bit later. Yeah. They've never had to do. They just turn ours off. They don't turn ours off <laughs> because they get freaked out. They just they don't want to hear my voice anymore. Uh, but maybe for those of
1: you who don't, he's <laughs> for my voice too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, not Brian though. Just ours, right? Uh, no, he's got ha- a sweet <laughs> harmony. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. <laughs> Haunted Cosmos uh, is a, a podcast about investigating a world that isn't just stuff. So you tell me, Ben, um, what what made you want to do this podcast? And if you could just go ahead and kind of, in your best way, describe what the podcast is and what it's about for those who have, who maybe have never listened.
1: Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for thanks for the introduction as well, and for having me on. Really excited to to talk about this stuff with you. And in October, perfect timing. You know, we're getting to Hallow Tide, and so everyone's feeling a little spooky with the coming of autumn. Right. Uh, no, we we started this podcast because a couple reasons. The first, you know, honestly, was that we just are both really interested in this. Uh, we love podcasts that are like this, and we also wanted a podcast to exist that didn't yet. And and it was one that was really focused on the storytelling aspect of these things um, with, you know, some commentary, uh, but minimal. And then we also were like, well, okay, we think that this is important. You know, we we don't think that all this stuff is made up. And so uh, there could be a a way to really bless Christ's body by doing this kind of thing and providing an opportunity for, for people to be exposed to these topics and stories um, but in a way where they weren't worried about where it was going to take them, you know, like mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're 30 minutes in, and they're talking about some nonsense stuff mm-hmm. about, you know, Ouija boards and tarot cards and stuff. Uh, and so, you know, we thought it'll it'll kill two birds with one stone. It's a great way for Brian and I, who are just we've just been really good friends for years, to sit down and talk about stuff that we always talk about anyways, and uh, and then try to do it in a way that was structured and and you know could be a, a creative endeavor. That Lord willing is glorifying to God and, and a blessing to His church, and, and really that is the you know the prayer for every episode that it would yeah. that it would indeed glorify God and, and, and be a blessing to His people.
0: Yeah, and for those of you who have never seen an episode of the Haunted Cosmos, I mean, number one, you're missing out. Number two, here are a few of the the subjects that they have tackled uh, in the last oh, uh, <laughs> few months: uh, the Mothman, uh, sleep paralysis, Skinwalker Ranch, Bermuda Triangle and vampires. A little bit later, I might, I might repeat those titles and see if Ben can just come up with two or three words to describe what each of those episodes were about. As little teasers maybe just to oh, go ahead man, and, cool. and warn you for that. But those fun. are, those are some pretty heavy. So those are some pretty heavy things. And, and from, I've, I've listened to all of your podcasts. I did a bit of a, a rush research because I had only listened to, I think three prior to mm-hmm. about a week ago. So the last week I've, I've tried to listen to more and more. And, you know the skinwalker ranch one you did you had your most material to me the first thing i noticed maybe it's because you know i i have a podcast too and i preach and i teach about three classes during the week and i'm just kind of always researching how do you research for something like this do you guys have like a method to this stuff or do you just kind of go print up as much as you can read up as much as you can and let's let's formula maybe we should have a better method um <laughs> But the one that you just described is the method. <laughs>
1: uh, and it's really the the process is, you know, I'll I will take about a week to diligently uh, read and write everything that I can about a topic. Um, and usually it's something that I'm already like at least adjacently familiar with, if not very familiar with. Yeah. And um, again, the the focus is on the story aspect. We want to tell compelling stories that draw people in. And then we'll kind of touch on the more technical stuff as the episode goes on. And mm-hmm. so the process is, you know, I'll I'll read a bunch, like I said, try to write some stuff, come up with some questions to maybe lead uh, the the times in between stories, and then I'll send all of that to Brian. It's a usually you know a, a fifteen to twenty thousand word document. I'll send that to Brian. Mm-hmm. He will go through and do a quick sweep, especially of the stories, and add his sweet artistic flair that he is so good at adding. Um, and then put in any other questions that he really wants to to address that I missed. And uh, and then we'll sit down and record. So it's it's sort of a, uh, I don't know, when I describe it out loud, it sounds a little bit jerry-rigged and slap-shod. Um, but it, it, thus far, it has worked well for us. So mm-hmm. I got like a Kindle Unlimited membership on Amazon. And so I just download like a ton of books and basically skim read until I find something compelling that I mm. think is actually worth talking about, you know, put that in and then on the you know onto the next thing, and then kind of at the very end when I'm trying to compile everything together, that's when I'll really give it some more thought and um and and try to work through some of these things in, in a way that hopefully starts to make sense of them, uh, but oftentimes, you know we're just
0: left still going like i I don't know, I think there's something here, but I don't really know what it is." So have you, have you ever been freaked out by one of your own episodes? Like, is there one that you were just like, you did a deep dive into it and you're like, I'm even getting the heebie jeebies now. I mean, and then, I, and then after this, okay. So which one did you say? The sleep paralysis stories are really scary. <laughs> okay. They're so really that's the, that's the one that my wife had to turn off your show like while <laughs> listening to.
1: Oh man. Uh, yeah. Tell her I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So Um, so she, she got back into the game, but she, I think she broke from that one. Like sleep paralysis. hmm. Can you explain why? Uh, And I don't have to give away the whole episode or anything. People can go, go listen to it. But why did, why is sleep paralysis freaking everybody out the way that you guys presented it? Like for people that don't know what it is,
1: sleep paralysis. And I think that it can be natural and there's nothing to worry about at all. I also think that it can be a very evil, a genuinely evil experience. Uh, But You wake up in the middle of the night and essentially when you're sleeping in your REM cycle, your body is paralyzed so that you're not flailing around in your sleep and hitting people uh, or yourself because you're dreaming, you know, really actively. So the natural explanation for sleep paralysis is that you're in your REM cycle and your brain tells you that it's time to wake up, but it doesn't tell your body to stop being paralyzed. So you open your eyes and you're completely aware, but you can't move. You can't talk, you know, you, and a lot of people, uh, express that they can barely breathe. And one of the really fascinating and, and really horrifying things that happens is a ton of people say that they see, uh, beings, uh, in, in, not even in the corner of their eye, like right in front of them in their room. Um, and they can't move. And and these beings, uh, the hat man is a popular one. It's the silhouette, like a black shadow with red eyes and he's wearing a hat, or just other shadow people. Some have, have expressed like they've seen old hag kind of tropes like an old witch that crawls up on the bed and and, and uh and the stories go that usually you kind of wake up right before anything really happens. Um, but some of them are are really alarming. Uh, some of the accounts that you hear. So like the idea of waking up in the middle of the night and being aware of something that you perceive as incredibly evil and and out to do you harm right next to you in your room um, and not being able to do anything about it. That is, that's a terrifying idea. Uh, it's really, really horrible. And we try not to pull punches with, mm-hmm. you know, showing how horrifying of a thing that really is. Um, and then I think a lot of people have experienced it uh you know christians and non-christians alike a lot of people claim to have experienced that and so i think it just kind of struck a chord um Mm. where a lot of people that have gone through something like that had a hard time listening uh and so they had to turn it off a lot of people who have experienced it said that it was helpful to listen uh and it was a a bit of a cathartic thing so i'm sure it just is down to your personal disposition really but um but it was scary for sure
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I got scared as you were explaining it. Like, <laughs> you hadn't to just never freak happen. me out. That was out the one right thing in. People, people message and they're
1: like, uh, "Do you think that you know you're opening yourself up to like a demonic attack or anything?" I'm like, "No, I, I really don't think so," because that's, um, I think the Lord is really kind to to His children, uh, and we're not taking like a macabre interest in it personally. But that was the one where I was doing research and I was like, please. Lord, please let this not happen to me tonight. Like for two weeks straight, it was just like, please,
0: I do not want this, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I so- think, yeah, I think some, right. I think some of this though, when people turn it off is because they might've had an experience that actually happened to them that was, oh yeah, that was somewhat similar to that. Like, uh, in other words, how would you, how would you guys talk to, and we'll, we'll move back and forth to kind of your subject matter. And then some questions I have about audience and like, perspective yeah. on their end. But how would you tell someone or how would you talk to someone sort of as a pastor, as a deacon, or as a brother in Christ, when they come up to you, like you said, and say, no, you don't understand. I woke up, it was in the middle of the night, it was pitch black. I felt like something heavy was on top of me. I couldn't move even if I wanted to. And all I could see in the faint light were these, was, was either one or several just kind of dark figures looming, not a lot of movement, but just like, almost like silhouettes carved into the wall next to my bed. Like, it yeah, may I mean, bring you I, that and it's terrified them. And, you know, here, here yeah. you're doing a deep dive into sleep paralysis, you know, and yeah, just right. What, what happens in that interaction?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I would do is take it pretty seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. I it, it's I'm pretty slow to just complete, you know, to write stuff like that off because um, I because I do genuinely think that it happens to people and I genuinely think that sometimes it is evil and it is demonic. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the first thing is to is to make sure they know like that that's a serious thing um, the other thing would be to say like let's say it's a brother you know a brother or sister in Christ, I would make sure that they know that the one to whom they belong is the Lord, and whatever thing is trying to fill them with fear is afraid of the one to whom they belong, the demons know that Christ is Lord, and they shudder at it. And so while that is theoretically helpful, uh, practically, you're still faced with this like horrible-looking shadow figure that, that looks like it wants to kill you. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or what do you do moving forward if you have had that happen to you? And it really is twofold. One, you pray and ask the Lord for help. Like, How do you live in a world that's not just stuff? Well, step one is you should be a person who prays a lot. And you should pray and worship God in your prayer, and you should ask Him for things, because He's a good Father who loves to give good gifts to His children. That's like step one in the in the playbook of living in a world that's not just stuff. Um, the other thing, though, is that there is power in the name of Christ. We know this, and when you faithfully call upon the name of Christ, He doesn't leave you abandoned and out to dry. He has you, and He doesn't lose any that He has. And so we hear a ton of accounts of people, even like messages on on Twitter or Patreon or whatever of, of people who have experienced sleep paralysis. I mean, literally, I think hundreds of messages since that episode. And <laughs> almost to a man, uh, they've said that they they said, depart from me in the name of Christ. And it was over. Um, wow. And, or they thought it, you know, if they weren't able to talk, sure. uh, but, but sure. they were thinking and they were trying to talk and, and it, it it really is alarming when you hear that. It's sobering because you think, you know, we've seen um, portrayals of that in media sometimes, and you're always you're always kind of like, yeah, like I believe that, but it's kind of hokey, you know, it's a little bit corny to see it on screen or something. Mm-hmm. But then you see someone, and you and you're able to look at them in the face and see their eyes, and and you're like, they believe, they believe what the Bible says about the name of mm. the Lord. They believe what the Bible says about the power of the Holy Spirit and protecting the saints, or the angels, the ministering spirits, protecting the saints. And it's a gut check because you're like, okay, this is interesting. It's good to be interested, but you you can't let your interest uh, lead to taking light of it because it's a real thing. This guy that I trust or this lady that I trust, I think that they're telling the truth. And glory be to God, you know, glory be to God. But but also like, okay, so be be wise <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and how you go about talking about it or, or portraying it in, in media or something like that.
0: Well, while we're on the subject of that sleep paralysis uh, episode, we do live in a time, like you said, where um, we, we even see right now tours being given um, assembly halls filled with people who are uh, believing themselves to be possessed by demons, mm-hmm. as well as we believe uh, there are many, uh, well, we know that there are many people who claim to have the ability or the capabilities. Uh, and, and they'll tell you it's n- the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone has, I think, their own flair and understanding. And a lot of these guys have track records of which we could explore other things. But they, they believe that they're casting out demons at these conferences yeah. and at these assemblies. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you just don't approach these things with an unhealthy cynicism because because of God's word telling us that we live in a world of powers and principalities and you think in general that we have even in our most you know theological circles have abandoned that belief that we live in a supernatural world is that, I think that is that the, kind of yeah no i think that's a that's a
1: pretty fair representation and i'll just kind of elaborate you know, I affirm the Westminster Confession of Faith. I'm a cessationist. I do not think that the spiritual gifts have continued. Um, having said that, I see no indication in Scripture that would claim that the, that the ceasing of the possibility of demonic possession and at least demonic activity has also occurred. Uh, and I, I would be willing to defend that. I'd also be willing to be proven wrong if someone can, but I think that would be a very hard task. Mm -hmm. And so I don't approach it with cynicism. I do approach it with, I think, well, I try to approach it, I think with a healthy degree of sobriety and just saying like, we do live in a world where I believe I fully believe that's possible. We also though, live in a world of fallen people and I'm no different. And Mm -hmm. I exaggerate and I see and perceive incorrectly all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are times where I certainly want something to be true. And so I'll try really hard to look at a thing until I think that it's until I think it's what I'm seeing, you know, or Mm -hmm. it's what I want to see. Uh, So there's certainly a side to that as well. Like you can't just, you know, believe these things whole cloth all the time, because then you're, you know, where where are the guardrails? However, Mm -hmm. I think that if you do use scripture as the Mm -hmm. guardrail, and a historically reformed perspective, that actually is a pretty wide field of orthodoxy that you can then graze it, you know, uh, as, as a good sheep. You can graze in that field and and love the guardrails and not cross them and yet find corners that are, you know, maybe a little bit dusty. And, uh, and so I think that in our cessationist reformed, you know, good reformed mindset, we sometimes can ignore the reality of just how intertwined the natural and supernatural world are. Right. Um, because... Th- just because we can see and touch and feel things doesn't mean that that's all there is. In fact, the Mm -hmm. Bible makes explicitly clear that that's not all there is. So, yeah, I mean, and then the other thing too is um, if you agree with me, if people are listening and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, sure. Uh, Well, then you have to reckon with, okay, well, what if there is demonic possession? Mm -hmm. What do you do about that then? And I think that we have clear instruction in scripture and it's to pray for the person in the name of Jesus Christ um, and and seek to expel the demon in, in the name and in, in authority of Jesus Christ. I think that a lot of modern Catholic exorcism is essentially just witchcraft that's repackaged by the church and its claimed to be good. And I don't mm. think that a lot of it is good. I think some of it is good. Um, and I think that some of it is legitimate, but not all of it.
0: And, and um, you're mentioning that because this this new movement's drawing its basis from those those practices. I mean yes, uh, uh, unequivocally that's that's there.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, and so I would say, like, yeah, I think that someone who makes a job of exorcism uh, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't smell very good to me. Um, however, that you have guys like Doctor Wal- uh, Walter Martin, who wrote mm-hmm. Kingdom of the Cults. Um, mm-hmm. He's a good Protestant minister. Great book. And he, yeah, yeah, really good book. And he has been present for exorcisms multiple times. And the way that he describes it is not like you're using the name of Christ like some magic charm or talisman. Um, and it's not like you're throwing holy water on a person and suddenly they're burning like a witch or, or, you know, none of that nonsense. It's reverently, soberly, with fear, using, calling upon the Lord Jesus to deliver this person. And then also, uh, having in the midst of that fear and sobriety, you're also having full faith that the Lord Jesus does that, that he does deliver people. And then at the same, all all of that is one thing. And then this kind of like sidecar point that has to be made is that scripture seems to be very clear, emphatically clear that no child of God can experience possession. That when you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, it it would be like oil and water. It simply doesn't work. There is no way for the devil to take you because you belong to Christ. So, just to like, hopefully, as a comfort to people.
0: No, I actually, I actually, I I love that you wrapped it up that way because again, I, there's a couple stories you've heard. Um, I'm sure you've heard stories like them where I had this one guy who was as reformed as you could get. I mean, this is a Calvinist mm. in the middle of Hilliard. I mean, you don't get more dedicated to the Reformation than that. Uh, And so he had had a growing church and and he was reformed in his faith and went down to Brazil on mission and witnessed, witnessed uh, demon possession. And and I think his mentality when he saw people do exactly what you said, which was just pray, pray, pray. Uh, speak the name of Jesus against this this young woman who had what they believe to be. Again, this is part of kind of in the haunted cosmos world, not just stuff, which I really love that tagline. <laughs> uh, um, Brian King <laughs> Yeah, of course he did. Of course he of did. Because um, it's so good. <laughs> but Because it's so good. So let's just give Brian all the credit for it. Yeah. Uh, and so – so he they're saying it to this woman, and then I think eventually, as he tells the story, it, it dissipated slowly. Or there was something along the lines, but his his it wasn't a chastisement. We had him back at our church to preach. There was a there was a awakening, kind of almost in line with this stuff is real. It doesn't mean you have to bite on everything thrown at you, and it doesn't mean you have to change good theology for it. But you do right. need to recognize that it exists, and I find that you you the the show draws those lines really well, while inviting people and leaving room for people who think like continuationists or who yeah. have had a bit more of a um, spiritualized experience, or even believe themselves to have been freed from that,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: still give all the credit and glory to Jesus, even if there's a disagreement with the hands or the avenues He uses. Because we know that, like through through King Saul, through things like this, Jesus is. Like God's will still happens uh, you can't stop yeah. the Holy Spirit from its will his will so I think that there's there's that to understand but I I, I do love and appreciate the show because you do mind scriptural guardrails this this isn't yeah. another star magazine via podcast this is a you know what I mean because I think that people More can look at that yeah, right. look <laughs> at that I, I hope you have the publication size but I hope that people listen to you and not star magazine but I think in general, I mean, did you think it was gonna? Did you think your podcast was gonna be this popular? Like, did you think that no, people were gonna immediately thousands and I mean thousands of subscribers? You guys have been doing this what, like six months? Yeah, it's been since um, since March of, of this year. Yeah. So and it, six,
1: not even seven months. Yeah, yeah. My son was born in March, so I should know. It's been almost <laughs> seven months. <laughs> <That's> perfect, <laughs> um, perfect timing. Yeah. That, yeah, I know. That's really helpful, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, no, uh, to answer your question, I, I I was not expecting that at all. I I thought maybe, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's... Uh, people are certainly interested in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of a vacuum in the reformed space for stuff like this. You know, Coltish has been doing it for a, a yeah. while. Uh, Sword and Staff was doing... Is still doing now uh, very similar things. And Coltish and Sword and Staff are doing their thing great. Um the thing was, is Brian and I just wanted
0: a show that was more like get pulled into the story. Yeah, primarily. nothing. Uh, yeah, I've I've listened to both those, and you're right. I appreciate what Coltish does. I really do like them a lot. I haven't heard much from Sword and Staff. I have to check them out. They're awesome, but uh, <laughs> They're yeah, awesome. I, I haven't I haven't, heard, I haven't heard much from them. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that, but but I haven't heard anything that's done like you and Brian because of the way you appreciate storytelling. I mean, I really do think this is part of the. The preacher and Brian, like the minister yeah. in you, like the, the ability to the love of the word in both of you, like the the way that you're telling a story and unveiling, you know, that Jesus spoke through parables and thro- spoke through stories. Yeah. And you're you're interested. You've taken an interest and you really tried to turn it, I think, to the to the glory of God and utilize it without denying this world that's so often denied among even your own circles. I mean, you right, are yeah. a Westminster cessationist. This is yeah. This got to be. I mean, this is odd for you. This and is I odd love, for you guys. I love
1: cessationism, and I love the Westminster. No, it's uh. <laughs> thank. That's really kind of you to say. Th- thank you. That that's really kind. One of the things that we, one of the core values at New Christendom Press, really, or I mean, mm-hmm. even at Refuge Church, is we believe that people are primarily compelled by stories. We believe that God is the chief playwright of of all of time and history. And the story that he's writing is the greatest story ever told, of course. And it's the only myth um, that is true. It's true to the very bottom. It's the fountainhead myth from which every man, man-told man story is drawn. And because of that, though, like because we approach the show in that way, where it's like, actually, the primary purpose is to tell stories that will interest and compel people. The secondary purpose is then to offer... Uh, Lord willing, you know, Christ honoring commentary on those things. Well, sometimes that gets accused of of uh, maybe being like not really Christian. Like it's, well, you should make that the primary thing because that's the only way to like really glorify God. And we just completely flatly disagree with that statement. Mm. Um, I think that both are incredibly glorifying to God. and mm-hmm. uh, And I think that this is the one that's been missing. And I think that it's the one that, Again, you know, Lord willing, Brian and I can keep providing uh, to people. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where a lot of people will say, like, why don't you just why don't you just mention it? Mention the weird thing, the weird stuff. Um, you don't have to do all the sound design because sometimes that scares people, and, and scaring people for some reason, people think being
0: scared is like a cardinal sin.
1: Yeah, but and, the theatrics
0: uh, are part of the fun, man. Like, I know, fun. It's part of the jeez, fun, jeez Louise, yeah. lighten up. And deacons. people do like
1: being afraid. And I, I have thoughts as to why people like being afraid. But.
0: <laughs> so that's, that's uh, my next question. <laughs> yeah, my, that's my next question, actually, if I'm not cutting you off. No, um, no, no. Go ahead. I was just rambling. But, but, <laughs> but, no, no, it was good. But the idea even a while back with, you know, your phones are going to stop and, and the Internet's going to go down. Oh, We're just doing a check. Uh, you have this idea of, I think, Christians and conspiracies. And, and maybe about seven or eight years ago, something happened culturally to kind of signal this. A massive a movement and distrust of the government. Not that there haven't always been these type of people. I remember that movie Mel Gibson, Julia Roberts conspiracy theory coming out. It was just it was, just, it oh, was yeah. like a tainted topic even then. But the, but Christians and conspiracies, or at least professed Christians, um, conservative uh, confessed Christians in America, uh, have have been really sort of attached to conspiracies for a long time. At least an interest in conspiracies. So and I I, I like you have met a lot of people who are spiritual and because of that belief of spiritualism they they are tend they tend to be prone to believe more of the unbelievable than other people who yeah. are so reasonable they talk themselves out of the truth so how how are you how are you finding that balance between i don't know catering not saying you do but how are you finding that balance between catering to conspiracy fanaticism and and true exploration and then i have a follow up question for that
1: uh, that is a really good question.
0: I'm sure that we do it imperfectly,
1: almost if not just straight up always. Um, <laughs> however, I <laughs> I think the key the key thing that and it helps to be in a group. You know, it helps to be surrounded by by men that you respect and that don't share all the same interests as you. Um, to be account be, to be held accountable by by other people, by a church, you know that you are meant to give your strength to and serve. And then also by remembering that the goal is not to rebuild the fence of orthodoxy. The goal is to enjoy the pasture of orthodoxy that we already have. Um, And so always measuring whatever opinion you have about some, you know, newfangled conspiracy. Like, for example, uh, the Bermuda Triangle thing. Like, people think, if you don't think we have ever been to the moon um, or ever passed our atmosphere, which... That's fine. Like I'm undecided, frankly. Um, then a lot of people will say, like, "Oh, well, if we haven't been to the moon, then the the Bermuda Triangle thing." People, the government is launching all of its rockets that would go to space into the Bermuda Triangle, and and they're uh, sometimes they hit planes and ships, and so the, they're cleaning up the debris of those, uh, and that's why the Bermuda Triangle swallows. I'm like, all right, look, like, could it happen? I guess. I mean. <laughs> I guess, you know, but it seems like when it comes to practical issues like that, like logistics like that, the government just isn't that smart. (laughs) Uh, Or or isn't (laughs) that well, uh, the bureaucracy is not a well oiled machine. Now, I I, think,
0: yeah, I think when we get into
1: like spiritual level uh, deception, sure, Mm -hmm. you know, I've read that hideous strength and I think it's very possible that the old gods are, you know, they sense the the chink in the armor of Christendom and they're trying to push the spear in and and yeah. so sure you can have like world economic forum type mass deception that is straight up demonic and and even overtly satanic at times i fully am, am like yeah you know i'm 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 there for that but but there is a line where you're like don't be don't forget that it's also people and people are bad at things and people do lie they don't only lie but they do lie and more than that, when you get a lot of people together and they, and, and then you try to say that they're all able to join in on this big deception, that really all it does is inconvenience. And I'm using that term very lightly. Please, people don't be <laughs> mad at me. All it does is inconvenience some passengers on a plane that got blew up, blown up. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. The bureaucracy is not well-oiled enough to accomplish something like that and it never be found out. Because right. the people that would be organizing that aren't high enough up to warrant more attention given to it to hide it. So that doesn't answer your question. <laughs>
0: uh, no, it, apart it from really is.
1: Of how I would think through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that example is good for people to hear from hosts of a show with your content. Because wouldn't that immediately disqualify you from the idea that you believe Anything. And so what you're researching and what you're casting your opinion on when it comes to spiritual matters in a world where they just write everything off as coincidence and stuff and or give a scientific or medicinal name to something to go ahead and put it in that little box so we never have to deal with reasons why things are happening. I think I think it gives you validity. I mean, I do. I think if I were to listen to that answer on this show. I would even be more interested to go listen to what you had to say because, okay, well, I know, I know where the tinfoil hat stops. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that's because you are. You put your foot in this pool. Other people are fine living life, yep. checking out like, like the Big Short said, just checking out the ball game, wondering which celebrity could went into rehab. We just like living yep. our own little bubble all day, every day. And this kind of takes us out and makes us ask some questions. I think that's why it's even more super creepy. I would rather watch Annabelle yep. or Chucky. Knowing that those are just dolls and it's obviously fictitious, then I would, then I would anything about Loch Ness or yeah. the Mothman one was the one that really got oh, me. That that Mothman I, stuff, bro. How did you sleep after you did that episode? Those were well, I get favorite scared favorite. when people jump out in front Man of me at that. night. Let alone reading and listening <laughs> to that Mothman. I made the mistake of listening to your Mothman episode out there on on a, my patio at night, and that was the dumbest decision I've ever Whoa. made. <laughs> that I, Mothman episode. You know what?
1: The Mothman episode doesn't get a lot of love, and as in, like I think it's one of your best. Because, that's probably my favorite. Mothman Part Two is our worst performer, um, which bothers me because it is my favorite story.
0: Like I think, I it's, love I, I think it's great. Yeah, I love it. It's insane. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Dude, that's one of my favorite. It's easy, and we didn't we didn't plan that. That was just I just really no, think no. that's my favorite Everyone, episode. You know why it's you know why Part Two doesn't boring. get much play? Because they're cashed out in Part One, bro. Like Yeah, they're probably like that's too much. I'm, it could be. Yeah, I'm my I'm not doing this. <laughs> so my, my,
1: like, no,
0: <laughs> my wife shared your podcast with a friend, and I think uh, what was your first what was your first ever episode? Uh the High Strangeness on the High Seas. So she loved it. She was like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And she listened to the whole thing and it was great. That is that is a really great episode. I think Mothman was like right after that. It was something yeah. it was like the second one, and she texted my wife and she's like, I'm done. <laughs> Big right. so we're trying, change between we're just like, just skip it. Just skip it. And then I think like sleep paralysis is next. Yeah. We've covered what, a few of these, but you have a, you You already mentioned the Bermuda Tri- Triangle one, two, just two or three words. We only got a few more minutes, but two or three mm-hmm. words for the Skinwalker Ranch. What would you, how would you, uh, what's the um, first thing that comes to mind when you, when you did the Skinwalker Ranch episode? Like when I think of the topic or the episodes? Yeah. The, the topic. Yeah. Like when you first took it. Okay. On. Okay.
1: Okay, I I would say I would say enigmatic uh overwhelming um and and I'd also say um
0: powerful. Okay. Yeah, what, about powerful. The, uh, what about the what about the what about the I'm not going in everyone's going to be like why didn't you spend more time on all these cuz I don't have an hour and a half show <laughs> we absolutely could. But what about uh what about vampires? vampires um blood Mm
1: -hmm. uh which which is the life of a thing according to god which is interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah considering the crucifixion it is right (laughs) yeah the atonement so vampires i would say i would say blood with that kind of biblical understanding of what blood is Mm -hmm. um life death like very big i think vampires are very important um extremely important i i like historical i'm saying way more than three words the vampire episode was i think the one that for me started to connect some larger dots in my head where i I really started to walk away thinking like oh goodness um like what is going on you know like with with different mythologies in the world and the fixation on blood and new life you know mm-hmm. like witches are so the same as vampires in many ways a- mm-hmm. anyway the the vampire episode to me i was like this is really unsettling in a way um but also incredibly illuminating
0: a mm. couple more things one um what's the episode you haven't done yet that you really want to do Mm. Dang, what a good question. I know. Okay. I didn't put that in your email. I purposely left that one no, out. No, you
1: didn't. Dang.
0: You <laughs> scoundrel. Let's see.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think.
0: I think just witches in general. You're, so, oh, yeah, you're, you keep kind of moving there. You're like, all right, we mm-hmm. haven't done the other side of vampire coin. Yeah, and witches. Because you, you got one on Bigfoot that I think – so this one yep. will come out, I think, the week before Halloween, the one we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. It will come out the Monday – it's like two Mondays before Halloween I think Halloween's on a Tuesday. So like 23rd or something. Will you have your Bigfoot episode out by the 23rd? Let me make sure. So Bigfoot part 1 released yesterday and part okay, 2 Okay, Bigfoot well, part 1's we'll already out and yes, Bigfoot and part 2, two part two's be two's be coming out the 18th. Okay, so, so it will be this, if they're, they're go, listening to this go, episode <laughs> go listen to the Bigfoot part 1, Bigfoot part 2. That I couldn't believe you guys were tackling Bigfoot. That was I was just like, so of course say, they are.
1: I'll say this too. Like for for people that listen haven't to heard this it yet.
0: stuff.
1: It yeah. all right. Tell me what you think. Honest thoughts for sure. Um, but after Bigfoot, we do uh uh Giants. I'll just say I'm not gonna be like coy about it. We do a two parter on Giants and man, man. That one, uh, that was another vampire type where I was like, you have got everything is connected. This is all connected.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. It was uh, one of the more. I can't wait to hear it, man. And so you were really excited about that one. I can tell that was like. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to do more Giants episodes in the coming seasons for sure. Well, Ben, thank you so much for being on, man. I, I can't tell you how excited I was to to just hear from you and record this. We're just big fans of, of what you and Brian are doing. We're big fans of the podcast. Um, I, I want to. There's a Colossians three imperative about setting your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Um, just to kind of close us out, what would you say to those not obsessed with the supernatural? and mm-hmm. trying to find a biblical answer for these things, but have grown obsessed with horror. I think that's a great way to close out mm-hmm. as we are about to see Halloween take over the nation.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, so I think, that, I think that people are compelled by things that are scary. And it's because of something that I said earlier, where we live in a world that is a story. It's a true one. It's real, you know, but it's also... A story, And it's being written and we don't know how it ends apart from the, the, the consummation of the, of the wedding feast where we are with Christ. But everything leading up to that, we're like, this could go a lot of different ways. This could look a, a lot of different ways. And so I think people are drawn to, to horror stories because it reminds them that they live in a world of tension. And tension is very real. Even for the very good, you know, Westminster affirming Calvinists like we are, or you may be 1689 London Baptist, that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, we still have to reconcile with the fact that God is completely sovereign and providential over absolutely everything from eternity past. And yet, in his sovereign decree, he has put tension into the story. And horror reminds us of that. So I understand and really sympathize why people are drawn to horror, especially if they do recognize that there is more to the world than just stuff. Because generally, the horror genre is the only one that displays that in a way that isn't just immediately hokey on its face. The mm. problem with this is, here's the problem. When you use, or when you get too deep into it, you can find yourself easily, none of us are immune to this possibility. You can find yourself easily being like subtly deceived by, by what it all actually looks like in the end. It's a black pill is what I'm saying. Like, it's a black pill. The real story is a comedy. We know that the final state will be better than the first. We're not just going to be innocent man. We're going to be glorified man. That's right. better than innocent man, you know? And so when you're too, you know, hung up on the scary stuff and the tension and the darkness and, and all these things, it really is easy for you to get black pill and think like things are getting worse and worse and worse. Like Tolkien's uh, long, slow decline. One of the few mm-hmm. things that I think Tolkien got completely wrong Um, and yet you can, I think, have interest in that. You just have to like what it says in Colossians and and then what, what we're told by the apostle in in other places where we have to take every thought captive for who for Christ. Hmm. And what does Christ say? Well, Christ says, I'm Lord of all. So have hope and have faith, the substance of things hoped for. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, someone that's like obsessed with horror, I would tell him like pump the brakes, <laughs> you know, uh, someone that isn't obsessed with the supernatural. I'd say like, fine, enjoy your, enjoy your day. Um, you don't have to be, but you should be interested in it. Cause it's a real mm-hmm. thing. You, like we're supposed to be interested in the world that God made. He is writing a, a book. It's the book of nature and we should read the book of nature. And when we do, we will quickly find that the, the, the answers of the materialist and the naturalist and the evolutionist are so lame and stupid on their face. They're ridiculous, far more ridiculous, even than the people that would say like the rockets are being flown into the Bermuda triangle. Like I would sooner listen to those people on, on that than listen to an evolutionist. Talk to me about what a man or woman is, you know? Uh, So anyway, again, it's just a rant,
0: but hopefully that's kind of an
1: answer to your question.
0: (laughs) Thank you, brother. I I really appreciate it, man. That was enlightening and uh, it was encouraging too and i think that's what i've so enjoyed about the podcast is that you're bringing a uh, biblical perspective and encouragement Is something so many people find so fascinating where you watch these horror movies and you're like you, like i know there's real elements to this type of supernaturalism and the spirituality but they're they're never offering the right solution they're never pointing exactly. to the to the to the actual aid in this to to they're never pointing to the where the power is or where the healing is they're just they're just kind of glorifying it instead of the one who can heal you from it. And so I love that wrap up. And, and I think uh, that's why it's so appealing. I think that's why it's doing so, so well with so many listeners and subscribers. And so if you are listening, uh, please subscribe to the haunted cosmos podcast on YouTube and uh, subscribe to wherever uh, podcasts are available and uh, look for haunted cosmos and make that a part of your podcast playlist. And while you're at it, you know, Check out We Bear Witness and uh, subscribe exactly. to those platforms as well if you if you aren't already. Ben, thank you so much for being on, man, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful week. I oh, mean, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you. And media.